0: To Creative and Curious, a weekly podcast made for creative seekers who are compelled to let your inner artists reign free. Here we explore the mystery of how creating makes us better humans and artists. I'm Marika, and welcome to today's discoveries.
1: of Created and Curious. Today I want to tell the story of a tattoo. This is a tattoo that I got not that long ago. I was probably around 38 or 39, so like five or six years ago, that I decided that I wanted it, another tattoo. I like to pin. I'm a big Pinterest person and I love art, of course, so I had um, pinned and researched and looked at all sorts of different artists. I love really colorful art. Lots of, I thought geometric designs would be really cool. Wanted, I wanted it to look like a painting. I was a teacher at the time I worked at a college and I taught mostly business. By then I was probably running professional development for the faculty, very into my job. It was very central in my life but there was this thing that was telling me it was time to get a tattoo. And I had spent a lot of time thinking about it. And I had decided that by the time I would be 40, I would have a tattoo, a new one. This would be, I'm just going to say my second one. There's a sort of side story in there that it might've been my third, but I prefer not to tell that story. So this will be my second one. Uh, In a lot of ways, this tattoo was about marking being 40. Definitely went through a midlife crisis even before I turned 40, which is part of the reason why I don't work at the college anymore. But also just, you know, I wanted to mark my life. I did leave that position at the college when I turned 40, almost to the day. It was very close to my birthday that I left. And so part of it was marking the end of a very long era of college teaching 10 years as tenured faculty. And I knew it was a new identity. I knew that I was moving into a new world, a new life, a new who is Marika kind of person. And this tattoo had something to do with that. It was hard to find somebody who would do this for me. Uh, Like I said, I wanted it to look like a painting and I know the art has changed quite a bit and you can find some tattoo artists who are particularly good at making uh, tattoos look like art or a painting, but I was having a hard time with that. Uh, Tattoos at the time and still are very popular. It was really difficult to find somebody to schedule, but what I wanted made uh, artists really nervous too, because it was a painting. It wasn't a tattoo and It's just like any art. We all have a very specific kind of process that we go through. And I think some of what I was showing these artists looked like it would be difficult in their process. So I interviewed and finally chose my third artist that I worked with. And she was really great about taking the painting that I thought was great, a good fit for me, which was a painting by an artist called Jennifer Sanchez. And Um, It wasn't my art. A lot of people assume that it's my art because it does look like my art a little bit. But um, but again, remember, I was a teacher. I wasn't really I didn't consider myself an artist at the time. And she took this painting that I really loved and kind of you needed to simplify it first for it to be uh, a tattoo and was able to just kind of distill it down to the to the things that really mattered and create a design for me it was in September after my birthday. So about three or four months after my birthday, I finally laid down and I had this tattoo put on my calf. Now it's a lot bigger than I expected it to be. I thought that I would get maybe a two or three inch tattoo on the back of my calf. This woman did a really great job of convincing me that it needed to be my whole calf because it needed to fit the shape of my body and the shape of my calf. And I happened to choose a painting that actually fits perfectly on a calf, but only if you expand it and make it big. So I now have this wonderful, colorful tattoo on my calf that hurt a lot (laughs) to get done. It's big. And if you have a tattoo, you know that they hurt the more that you have, the bigger they that you, they are, the more that they hurt, the more that the skin gets irritated, the longer that you sit there. My tattoo has these sort of drips that kind of drip down. And I just remember the shock all the way through my body when she ran these like drippy lines down the back of it. Just it seemed like it ran right along some kind of nerve. I think I was sitting there for three or four hours. I was there for as long as they recommend keeping you there in, in any one session, so some people have tattoos definitely a big bigger than mine. But a lot of the times, what happens is the artist will work for that three or four hour time frame, and then you stop because that person needs to stop. They need they need to heal. They need a break from the tension of it. It's a very tense experience getting a tattoo, and then they'll come back for more. So. I was there for that long and it sucked. I mean, the whole, I, I feel pain just like the normal person, any other normal person. And this tattoo is a lot bigger than my first tattoo, which is um, my first tattoo is about the size of a sand dollar or something like that. And on my ankle. So, and I was pleased with it. I loved it. I have a painting on my calf. By then, by the time I got this tattoo, I had left the college. I had spent a wonderful summer with my family. And just kind of messing around, not really knowing what my next thing was going to be. I really did leave that college. There were so many reasons to leave it. And, and I will um, talk about that more in some other uh, podcasts. But um, I was really entering a new identity, a new person. And I knew that in the fall, I was going to decide what my next things were going to be. And it was after I got the tattoo that I had been researching for two years that I moved through and interviewed three different tattoo artists that I paid a lot of money for. And I went through a lot of physical pain to get. But I was sitting at a dining room table in my dining room thinking, why did I do that? Why was it that important to me? Why was it two years important? Why did it have to be a painting? Why did I spend that much money and go through that much pain? to put this on my calf and I love it. And it was that moment, it's so silly, but it was at that moment that I realized, whoa, art is really important to me. I just got a tattoo of a painting on my calf. I mean, I'd been painting for a while off and on. I, I loved it, but... I didn't realize how important it really was and how, how much of, how, how much of my identity was actually tied up in art and art projects. I've done all sorts of interesting things around the house because of it until that moment, until I actually then took my art project and I put it on my body to remind myself and not just remind myself into the future, but to help me remember that there is a part of me that's unexpressed, that I had not allowed a voice and here I'm putting it on my calf. I thought, Whoa, this is, this is a lot more important than I thought. And I looked up the artist, Jennifer Sanchez, and just looked at what she was doing with her art online in different, different ways that she was looking at it. And I thought, you know what? I can do this. I can totally do this. I had a house full of paintings had a house full of paintings. I was not start, starting from scratch because I had this house full of paintings. And it's crazy cuz it's definitely not the easiest thing in the world to to decide to do and to pursue, but that was it. That was how I decided that my next thing was going to be art was I got a tattoo and it told me <laughs> and I I somehow told myself without directly telling me that this is important. It's, it's interesting to me, the psychology of that, number one, that something, sometimes we tell ourselves things, and, but we don't do it directly, but it was big enough that I had to pay attention. And it was a way for me to mark my identity. It was a way for me to mark my transition out of an academic career into something I didn't know. That was part of what I was doing And that's part of what art does is help us mark our identity, which is kind of where I'm going with this. Cause now I think it's really interesting to look at the moments in my life in which I purchased art. I collected art in order to, to transform, to become somebody that I wanted to become. My first tattoo I got when I was 19 And I joke now because I'm like, I only get tattoos every 20 years (laughs) because, (laughs) because it has to be like a big transition point in my life, apparently. And when I was 19, part of it was, Hey, I'm 19. I can do whatever I want with my body. Mom and dad, you can't tell me I can't get a tattoo anymore. It was very similar to, I really wanted this tattoo for a a couple of years before I actually went and got it things sort of aligned so I had a really good artist who could help me with what I wanted and it's like I said it's not that big it's maybe a couple inches round and it's a it's a tiger black and white that's a uh, outline of the face I'm the year of the tiger I used to love tigers I had them all over my room and posters stuff like that and there's just a part of my identity that really gravitates towards what tigers symbolize you know, the strength and the energy and the independence. Those are all, you know, maybe not anything that I'm perfect at, but they're they things that I admire. Admire. And they're beautiful too, of course. That was another way for me to mark my identity was with this when I was 19. And and I was also on my own when I was 19. I was, you know, going to college for sure, but I was living on my own. That was in San Diego. And I was really sort of making my way on the planet with my own decision-making. And that tattoo is really about that for me. So there's this thing about identity and art that even if it's not your own art, that somehow when we acquire art, it becomes our identity. Uh, It says something about us and to us. In case of my art tattoo, it told me, hey, art's important to you this is what you did to yourself because it's important. Art makes really great stories. I mean, I, now I think back and the, and the funny thing is, is um, I grew up with a mother who liked to paint off and on. And I've talked a little bit about her relationship to art. I did grow up in a house full of paintings that she had painted and some of them were replications. She she likes to hone her technique and skill and learn by actually copying some of the uh, great painters in history. We had this crazy Toulouse-Lautrec painting. It's so burned. It's so tattooed. It's a, it's a similar sort of tattoo, but it's in your memory. When you have this artwork in your youth, in your house, art just has this energy that it brings into every room and, and into your psyche, whether you're sort of paying attention to it or not. So my mom was an artist and we had that painting and she was also a maker. She liked to embroider. I learned a little bit about embroidery and cross stitch and crochet from her. So we also had like art that she had made through those mediums around the house. And the point being that we didn't have art from other people. We had art that we created in the house in particular that my mom created, not me, but my mom created in the house. and that sort of develops my psyche too around art, because for me, like, again, my house is full of paintings and my house is full of paintings that are all mine that I have created. I mean, it's like a gallery in this place. They it's even worse than when I got my tattoo. There's so many paintings in this house. And that's really wonderful. I love it. I do love that. I love that, but it's different. It's not. As much as it might be about my identity, it's about expression. It's about putting stuff out there. It's not about acquiring like a mirror, right? When it's your art, it's about expressing and showing what you're capable of, and maybe how you connect with the world, or you connect with this medium, or you connect with these this thinking. And that's like that's what you're walking into when you walk into my house. You're walking into my worldview, but. When I think about this tattoo, it's not really my worldview. I'm acquiring somebody else's in order to establish who I think I am, who I think I sort of align myself to, and that's interesting. That's that's an interesting difference between the maker and somebody who collects art. I've been thinking about this quite a bit lately because because I'm starting to shift and I'm starting to actually purchase other people's. Uh, art, which then takes me back to, have I ever purchased anybody else's art before, you know, I was 40 and I have for different reasons. And my favorite, like the thing that I remember the most when I purchased art was when I was in Guatemala and I was probably 22, 23 something like this backpacking around Guatemala around Central America. I, I did I lived there for about nine months uh, traveling and teaching English. And I was in Guatemala with a new friend. she was Dutch and she uh, spoke Spanish very, very well and we were in, I believe Chichi if I've got the if I've got it right. it's one of these kind of hill towns with a lot of indigenous, Mayan craftsmen, craftswomen, mostly, honestly. You just, I mean, you can go walking through these labyrinth stalls of all sorts of textiles and dolls and pillows and very, a lot of textiles. That's what I remember. Purses, hats, clothing, very colorful woven um, material. It just goes on and on and on. It's fun to walk through. And of course, after a while, it can feel like you're what, you're seeing the same thing over and over again. It was just all the same stuff. And it was all about just bargaining for the right price. My friend and I, her name was Annette and is Annette. We've actually stayed in touch all these years. Um, she's still in Holland now. And we were sitting in a square on some stairs talking. And this woman came up to me. Actually, actually came up to both of us. This woman came up to both of us. She started speaking in Spanish and she wanted us to buy a tapestry. And she whips out this tapestry and she's talking mostly to Annette because Annette's Spanish was very, very good. Mine was okay, but hers was really good. Annette really didn't want it. She said it was beautiful and no, thank you. It was beautiful. It was actually a lot better than most of the things that I had seen. The intricacy and the pattern, it was totally unique. I could see that within a second of her showing this. And Annette was just, no, 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 I don't want it. Thank you. It's beautiful, but I really don't want it. And this woman kept lowering the price and lowering the price every time she said no. And Annette kept saying, no, no, no. And she wasn't counter offering. I could tell she didn't want it. And finally, I think it hit like $10 and I, I did not have a lot of money. I was, I was a really, I was a really cheap backpacking traveler at that time. But I thought, holy, holy, that thing is better than anything I've seen. It's totally unique. And she's offering $10 for this. And I said to Annette, do you mind if I buy it? And Annette was like, of course, like she really didn't want it. And I bought it. And I felt a little guilty because it was so beautiful and it was so much, it was, it still is so much better than anything that I've, that I saw, I have mostly seen in Guatemala. So I bought it. There's this beautiful story connected to this, this beautiful tapestry that I've uh, bought that is by the way, 20 times more expensive to frame than what I bought. Like it's crazy, um, how much more expensive it is, but it's, it's beautiful. It's a memory of being in Guatemala at a time when I was traveling on my own, very form transformative, formative period of my life. Again, sort of marking who I was and marking that adventure for me. I don't, I didn't buy a lot of stuff when I was backpacking because I really didn't have a lot of money, but that for sure just takes me back immediately to Guatemala. And that's kind of what I was buying as well. When my husband and I were in um, Italy, we were married in Italy. So this is almost 18 years ago. And we uh, backpacked around Italy for six weeks. There's a very long uh, explanation for why we had six weeks, but we were very lucky to actually get six weeks. And towards the end of our trip, so we started in Northern Italy and we went all the way down to Sicily we explored everywhere. As you get into Sicily, the uh there's all this wonderful pottery. Sicily is a little rougher. Like where northern Italy is very sophisticated and um and uh, you know that's where Botticelli and Michelangelo's and all those are are in Tuscany. The the further south you go, the little more rougher edged Italian it gets. There's some beautiful pottery that they create in Southern Italy and Sicily in particular. And it's hand painted, beautiful, bright colors. Of course, I love bright colors and a little rough around the edges, a little rougher than anything that you would get in a place like Tuscany. And Tuscany, it would be very refined and sophisticated, probably very colorful, but, but also very refined and, and sophisticated. This is a little bit more color for color's sake and a little looser and a little bit more fun. We were towards the end of our trip and we just decided that, you know, I don't know if you do this, but at the end of the trip, sometimes we'll buy a bunch of stuff and we needed to buy some pottery because we kept stopping at these stands where it was. and, And plus it was our honeymoon and we needed something to come to bring back with us. We bought a full set of plates and cups In a very similar way, it marks that story of our life, of our honeymoon, of that adventure that we had together. And we still use those things. It's still in our house. It's marks our lives in the same way that a photo album does. And I've read this about art. People buy art when they travel for these reasons, because it it marks your life. It marks your adventure. And all this to say that... I made my first like direct from the artist purchase on Mother's Day for myself. I bought a painting. It was from an artist that I've been following since almost the beginning of my own adventure being an artist. I found her online. She's in Oregon. Her name is Jennifer Lomars. Uh, this whole pandemic thing has been really difficult on artists because a lot of the places where we show in galleries and art fairs are being shut down. And, you know, for good reason, obviously, but for some artists in particular, that's like their main source of income is showing up to these places. It depends on the artist, depends on your, you know, your business model, how much it affects you. But I've never seen her in person. I've seen some of her prints and some stores and stuff, and I've been following her for almost the last six years. She did this great virtual gallery in which, you know, she set up her art fair walls and put up a new collection of art and then photographed it and videotaped it. And there was some music from her family and she did a little interview and the whole thing was maybe like 12 minutes long. It was great. It was the first time that I actually felt like I got to know her a little bit more. And I like I said, I've always liked her art. And her art had changed. And that was part of what she was talking about is that she knew her her art had changed. And that was part of what this collection was about, was embracing the change, which was so meaningful too, to this time, to this pandemic, to this, you know, kind of great pause that we're all in and transformation that we're undergoing as a result of it. And I kind of stalked her gallery for a while, looking at the art, thinking that I wanted to buy something. And I've never, never been like that. I've never bought anything online. But I definitely want to support artists through this time. And I think that art has this beautiful magic that we need. That we need. I ended up buying something and pretty thrilling, which was great. It was wonderful feeling to buy an original piece of art from an artist that I've admired for a while. And when it showed up in the mail, it's beautiful. It's more beautiful than I expected it to be, which is what all art does. It's always more beautiful in person. I haven't taken it out of its plastic because I'm like, it's too nice to be in my studio, but I'm afraid to put it anywhere else. It's kind of great. And I wonder too, like why Why buy art in this case too, especially it's not essential. And I've talked about living in a non-essential life right now. That's part of what makes it feel luxurious is knowing that it's not essential. It was not expensive. It was on sale. I felt a little guilty, kind of like the woman in Guatemala, like, Oh, this is, I should be paying more for this, but she put it on sale and she had part of the proceeds going to uh A gallery, I think, something like that. But there is a luxurious quality to enjoying something that's non-essential, especially when people are telling you to only do the essential. It's a bit of a rebellious thing, I guess. It's a little bit of believing in something that's really difficult to articulate. The painting's small. It's not going to be a statement painting. It's eight inches by eight inches. And now I want more there's this addictive quality to it. And it's interesting to me because there's an addictive quality to getting tattoos too. I, every time I've gotten a tattoo, I always want to turn around and get more pretty quickly because you kind of fall in love with it. You fall in love with, if you get the right tattoo, you fall in love with the tattoo. If you've really, really thought about it, if you have really put, know that that's what you want and it means something to you, once you finally get it, it's, there's this hunger behind it. It satiates a need, but it also feeds the need even more. And that's what I feel like collecting art's going to be like for me. I'm like, now I'm on Instagram and I'm online going, who's the next person I'm going to buy from? Who, who's going to be the next item in my collection? And what do I want this collection to look like? Because for me, I'm, it's not going to be about interior design. It's not going to be about beauty. In that way, in that, I mean, I've got, like I said, I've got so many paintings anyways, but it is going to be a collection of people that I've connected to in some way of artists that I've connected to of work that I've connected to that in some ways, this is one of the transformations I'm going through in this phase of the pandemic. I'm moving away from being the maker and the center of the art story in the house into the collector of other people's stories that I want to invite into my life. It'll be interesting, maybe not beautiful, but it's going to be a really interesting little corner of my studio, I think. And I'm really looking forward to creating them. It's a shrine in a way. It's a shrine to the hope of creating art. It's a bit of my identity. It's a bit of wanting to support artists, but also just, you know, I'm just one of these people when I look at art, it art touches me, it creates emotion in me, it makes me want to create, and it's going to mark this transition for me. I'm going to have a collection of art that began in a pandemic, and there's something just really satisfying about that. I wonder about you. Have you bought art, gotten tattoos, bargained down prices for tapestries and pottery? I bet you have, and have you ever thought about why and what it means, especially in this non-essential world? It's kind of a great, wonderful, hopeful, beautiful thing to be doing.
0: For spending this time with me and for spreading the word about Creative and Curious. You can find me here every Thursday with new thoughts and insights on creativity, curiosity, and life. Tell me what you think. Please email me your comments and questions at marika at marikarenke.com. And if you feel inclined, leave a review. They really do mean the world to me and they'll help this podcast reach people just like you. And the best thing that you can do keep creating. Thanks again.